Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. What is going on, Blade Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. And today we're going to have a writing workshop of sorts with Ryan Rodriguez of Blade Sports. Yes, he is coming on from Blade Sports onto a Blade Sports podcast. We're going to talk about something he just wrote about Kevin Durant and trying to get between Kevin Durant's ears, and I should just let him explain it. So without further ado, let's jump on in with Ryan. <laughs> All right, so we are joined for a writer's workshop with Belly Up's own Ryan Rodriguez. Ryan, you've been on the show a number of times before, but it has been a while. How you been, man? Uh, been good. You know, summer is uh, a nice thing, even not not quite working in education in the same way as you, Parker. But summer does slow down for me a little bit as well. Good time to uh, get away and take some vacations and things like that. So it's been uh, been nice and ready for the school year again ready for the school year uh, without giving too much away you do work with a little bit older students in some capacity yeah. and frankly on like very real world capacity and so I'm sure that like campus is buzzing I told you in pre-pod our school years like as recording on Sunday night 
we start school on Tuesday and it's kind of like, I am not ready. Do you feel ready for the school year? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I do. I feel, uh, especially, I mean, again, not giving to it, but started a new job and like towards the end of the school year. So this, like with the school year starting and my first time being at the school, it does really feel like a kind of almost a second new beginning, you know, of, of the job. So, so ready for that. They just had uh, freshman orientation started in the middle of last week. So all of a sudden you have an influx of 18 year olds everywhere. And then I realize how young they look again, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh man, this is just a bunch of little children running around. Uh, so, so yeah, it's Definitely. a little change of pace for sure. Speaking of freshmen, our, our, uh, our prospect today is going to look at a piece you wrote about a guy who was nothing other than a freshman in college. Um, we're looking at Very the well piece said. you wrote about Kevin Durant. Uh, if you're looking for it on bellyatsports.com is called Kevin Durant personality and tension. And it's looking at a lot of things that are going on, trying to get, you know, some sort of insight as to what's going on between the ears of Kevin Durant. Um, you know, as we see recording this, so that'll mean a couple hours after it's published, he will be traded, but he's not been traded. And so I don't know how much like deeper or different kinds of topics you can really talk about Durant, except that this is an interesting look at something that people don't tend to look at with him, right? Like we can come with fake trade scenarios all day, but as far as like what makes him tick, I don't know if anyone's ever been able to answer that question. You sought to figure out the answer. What made you look for that? Um, I think when it comes down to it, I just find Kevin Durant super interesting. And it's, I mean, obviously he's what you would say, probably the most online athlete in terms of just his engagement and everything, especially on Twitter with uh, fans, journalists, really whoever, all the way down to Twitter eggs, as people like to say, <laughs> or I guess they don't have Twitter eggs anymore, but what, what it used to be, right, uh, right. you know, just some of you, you listen to him, like he, he does, he has his, uh, the, the ETCs that he has for the boardroom. He did his six part interview series with Bill Simmons. He's done other interviews and he talks a lot and he's, he's very open and out there, but also at the same time, he, you know, you listen to enough journalists and stuff talk um, about their interactions with, with him and stuff. And a lot of things that come up is like, you don't know what makes me happy. And why did you say this behind my back? So on and so forth. And so it is almost like while he's talking all the time and letting us into kind of who he is, he also is guarded and he wants to keep a certain level of, I wouldn't necessarily call it secrecy, but um, maybe just private privateness to who he is. Um, but while being the same time, like very online, it's, it's a huge, it's a great juxtaposition, <laughs> you know, like, how could you do yeah. that? But how can you also say this? And, well, and like, I'm watching again, I post on Twitter two or three times about it. I'm watching the last dance for another time. Um, my wife's first time watching on a great time watching it. And like, it does feel like Jordan was very much out in the open about who he was. Right. I think, basketball since Mike has had this celebrity status where like we feel like we know LeBron James very well we feel like we knew Shaq very well we feel like we knew Kobe very well even as boring as Tim Duncan was I feel like I knew him it Durant I like feel like I hear from a lot but I don't know that I know him that well um and so you sought to get to know him a little bit better here um I I gotta ask like what made you want to get to know Kevin Durant? He's got a very interesting teammate in Kyrie Irving. <laughs> like, 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 mm -hmm. like there's other two guys in the league. What made you want to get to know him? Um, I mean, I think 
and, and you when you read the piece, there's a couple uh, anecdotes that I put in there. So like one of them, Ethan Strauss, when he wrote his book, The Victory Machine, and in his chapter about him and Kevin Durant, which is a little bit, uh, look at me, Louie, as Amin El Hassan <laughs> might say, but it did offer like a lot of good just insights into Kevin Durant using their kind of, um, I'll quote in air quotes relationship as a jumping off point. But he, he talked about him being intensely curious. And when I've read other things, listened to other things uh, with Kevin Durant, he has come off as, as very curious, even if I might characterize it as sometimes naive in terms of not understanding why other people might think certain ways that he doesn't think that they should, or, you know, when it comes to basketball, they don't appreciate the game of basketball in the way that somebody as accomplished and intimate with basketball, like himself feels that other people should it. It's always, it, there's just this like uh, back and forth with him of where, where is the happiness that he's looking for? What is this journey that he's on. I mean, not to like, I don't want to, like, I try even in the piece to not get too armchair psychologist, but he was engaged and then that engagement was broken off. Um, he's had some ups and downs with his mom and, and her and their relationship. And we, I mean, I think a lot of people remember in OKC, especially she was like super, super prevalent there. And so just, I mean, what kind of just like, always wondering like what is it about him what is it about him that makes this nba superstar feel like like want to be on twitter like the rest of us you know like <laughs> i like i would say like it, it is a very abnormal uh hobby for for yeah. somebody of yeah. his, of his caliber and i don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing but it is it's abnormal and i'm always drawn to looking into like the quote unquote abnormal and like, why, what, what makes that person tick in that certain way? So, so because of that, he's just always been, been very fascinating to me. Well, and it's interesting because again, that feels like a way that we should know him better. He's on Twitter all the time. And frankly, there's a chance that because his name is in the title of this episode of this podcast, he responds to it. Like, like he's that kind of a guy that like seems to search his own name up on Twitter. And as, replied, as he says, I read everything, right? Like every, you know, and so it's like, why, you know, like we always why? hear the, we always hear the people again of, of his caliber. Like I don't read everything because so many things are said about me, but he seems to go the complete opposite way. And whether he uses it as fuel, whether he's just a junkie and I don't mean it as a drug way, but like a junkie and just like, I like, you know, everything around the game of basketball and consuming it. And I'm, in it so i'm going to read everything about myself listen to everything about myself as well i don't know but i just right. i just find i find this uh diversion uh from the norm very fascinating well and i think that's exactly it is like you have other players that we keep saying of his caliber but like other players that are as good as him and as talented as him and have the same like lebron right doesn't engage with all these Twitter trolls, right? Mm -hmm. He's got the same, if not more negative scrutiny across Twitter. Russell Westbrook, his former teammate has the same kind of things across all of social media. Kyrie Irving occasionally, but much less often will respond to trolls on Twitter, right? Like yeah. I would, the I would say somebody like someone that's, do, that's been very open about doing it this summer, Stephen Curry in it's, but it, I, he, cause he's very, very clearly pay, like letting all of, what he feels like he's heard over the last two years, maybe even longer than that. And after this championship feeling like I can just 
you know, shoot back at everybody, but it was not an ongoing process like Durant was. It was like a very calculated, like, now I got this uh, achievement that you cannot take away from me that, you know, might make me unassailable. And now I'm going to start maybe voicing a little bit more to I see everything and I hear everything where with Durant, it's just an ongoing thing. As he tweeted out one time, when I'm on Twitter, I'm on 10. Like, that's just, that's just, you know, that's what it is. And, and he, he clearly enjoys it. And I, and I'm not going to knock him as somebody that scrolls through the timeline, you know, a a lot, a lot of, a lot of the time. And I'm on Twitter frequently enough, but people don't, aren't talking about me in that way. Right. Exactly. I can say, well, I would just scroll past it, but I have Mm -hmm. no experience with Mm -hmm. that. He's also got the boardroom, like like he's got a, he's got a public outs facing like media entity. Um, Did you see anything at all in that? That would be like, Oh, that's diving into a little deeper. Uh, To be honest, I didn't dive too much into any of his uh, controlled media just because for me, I just, there, there's something with the, with the athletes controlling that space uh, so tightly that, it's, I do kind of think it's very curated and it, and I, so I, I was very much more looking at what other people have said about him based off of their work with him, you know? And, but even from there, like a, a consistent theme that came through was the curiosity and just searching for what does all of this mean, whether it mean whether it was like, huge picture in terms of life or even when it comes to basketball and what does existing in this sport and this media crucible mean to somebody like Kevin Durant you mentioned that he like has reached this you know holier than thou kind of spot or or immortal he kind of in the sense of basketball is he's one of what 11 NBA players to make the 50 40 90 club if I'm doing the math right here um he's multiple time finals MVP, a regular season MVP. Uh, you know, he was one of the top 75 players of all time when the NBA did that deal. And I think we both listen to Bomani Jones. And so I know you've heard this before, but, but my, you know, if he's in the top 12 or so players, he might not be the first or second, but if you said that's LeBron and Jordan and said they had to pick a team to play pickup with whoever picks first might pick Kevin Durant just because he's so truly unique. Like he's a seven foot, two guard that does all the side to side dribbling stuff like a two guard but is seven foot tall with long arms and like that really does make him different than anything we'd ever seen before but that doesn't seem to be what he looks for for happiness like that that is his history and that his number will be retired by one or two franchises does not seem to be enough did you see anything in making this and writing this piece that like felt like it was getting at closer to being enough um I mean, to me, I think a thing that a piece that I that I really drew on it, just because it was so in depth. And then it as I've listened again, I've listened to Kevin Durant uh, talk, watched his interactions on Twitter and stuff. Something that came through is this spiritual connection that he has to the game where it is it's beyond for him, from what it sounds like to me, it's beyond anything that numbers could say that accolades could could give uh that you know praise from anybody else could could give to him like he really is at least seeking to it seems like he's seeking to draw his I I wouldn't say validation but like peace and happiness from the game from 
the like an immersive like meditative type experience to where nothing else matters it's literally just like i hear the sound of the ball on the hardwood and the the squeaking of the shoes and the defenders calling out you know this is the play that's coming or screen here you know so on and so forth and the shit talking that's going back and forth with each other and i i see it as a battle for him between that and you know just something that is just so so much deeper than what what all the viewing public and you know and the writing and the top 75 thing can be and the fact that he has to live in that world still that that that, that the world that he wants to get to is quite frankly not possible in in so, our current construction well, like not possible i'm not disagreeing but i'll elaborate mm-hmm. like not yeah. possible how it's not possible because people are not consuming basketball in a metaphysical spiritual sense like <laughs> he is doing that it is that is what it is like to him and i i see it as uh he cannot comprehend why people cannot feel the same connection to him and and he almost feels like he's on a quixote quest to convince people that this is how you should appreciate basketball that stop getting bogged down in these comparisons of this player and that player. And did this person go about it the right way? And did this person go about it the wrong way and just love the game for the game. And, and I don't mean to cut you off, but mm -hmm. he is certainly a guy that has gotten a lot of scrutiny for doing it the air quotes wrong way. Like whatever you think about how he's done it, like people cannot get off of doing it the right way versus doing it Kevin Durant's way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but I did interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was just, I mean, for me, yeah, like, I just don't, I, I don't, from, it very much seems like he just, it, that is a hard thing for him to grasp. And I guess, like, the impetus of getting in, like, really doing this uh, deep dive on this piece was questioning, was, was just, like, wondering, I don't even know if questioning is the right word, he might, you know, he might come and get me for that one, but uh, <laughs> is... Like he really reads like an like a, somebody that was predisposed for an individual sport in terms of like because the right way and the wrong way doesn't exist in an individual sport. It's just you go out there and you be the best that you can be at your sport. You run the fastest time, or you swim the fastest time, or you're a tennis player, or a golf player, and you're, you're yeah, you're competing against the other people. But it's a lot of it just comes down to what am I doing? You know, what is Kevin Durant doing? And people watch that sport and, and appreciate them for did you win did you lose you know how good did you do what you were supposed to do but we know that with basketball a people don't do that you know because they're and then b it's kind of impossible because it is a team sport that a singular greatness does not necessarily shine through in the same way because like if you're on a team that's not as good and so you get knocked out in the first round it's like you might have been singularly great and on par with up here, but your team success is not there. Vice versa, you might be on a really good team that is just like meshes well and you get further than maybe your individual talents would. And the public is going to judge people off of that right or wrong. And yeah, that's I, I, I'm sorry, I, I keep cutting you off, but mm-hmm. you hit something on the head there that you and I had texted about kind of randomly before. I don't know when this writing process for you started. But um, that in an individual sport, when you take out this idea of the right way to do things, or at least the way that he's doing them is wrong, mm-hmm. 
you know, do we look at him more like maybe not quite Serena or maybe not quite Tiger, but certainly like an all-time great without any asterisks and without any other things to it. Like if if there was, I mean, again, Serena is like the greatest. So I don't mean to say, I don't, so, but like in the men's side, like you have Federer and Nadal and Jokovic, but you have like, uh, I don't know, Pete Sampras or Andre Agassi or like, like someone that's like also all-time great and there's no like Pete Sampras was like a you know temper tantrum throwing whatever like did it his own way but doesn't get like dinged in his all time greatness for it at all right and Durant I think you know unless ten years from now people prove me wrong I think he will continually rightly or wrongly get dinged for that right like that's just how it's going to happen yeah no I I think I mean another person that I would uh, throw in there is a Usain Bolt. And after that first, the first uh, Olympics in 2008, when he won the hundred and the 200, but people were like so mad at the celebrating before crossing the finish line and like, Oh dude, you could have broke the world record by more and this and that <laughs> you could have broke and the world record. By exactly. More. <laughs> exactly. You could have, but, but like, and, and if you remember back to that Parker, like people were like pretty bothered by how he handled himself. And then like his celebration after but then he went to London and defended both golds. And really by that point, it was over. Like he was doing the same things, <laughs> yeah, but he, but he was doing the same, like he was being the same type of the same person. He was, he didn't change anything, but it was like, oh man, this guy is like truly all time. Great. Like whatever, like, okay. So he celebrated a little bit more. Nobody cared. And then he went and did it again in Rio. And it was just like, uh, you know what? not even saying maybe that Kevin Durant got to like that, that level. But if he's not at that level, like you were saying with like Serena and tiger, he's a step, right. He's, a, he's like the next tier below something like that. And yeah, I think if he was in an individual sport, people would get over these little quibbles that they have with him. This, how dare you go to the warriors, uh, you know, or, or warriors fans, how like, you know, with all their quibbles with him and then watching him now, I mean, people hold the, the, all the Twitter back and forth that he goes into <laughs> against him. Yeah. And I just don't think that if he was in an individual sport, it would like, people wouldn't be holding it against him in the same way. Cause they wouldn't even have that starting point that they held against him, which was the impetus was you went to the 73 and nine warriors after they beat you. Like it, everything to me stems from, from that. Well, and it certainly does because rightly or wrongly before that he was the guy who played in small markets. He was the guy that like, you know, the thunder trade hardened, but he's going to do his thing. And it looked like they were close to coming the mountaintop. You know, they got the finals, they got three, one on the warriors that same year or whatever. Right. Yep. Like he was it, held as a juxtaposition to LeBron and the decision where he just emailed the, thunder facts the thunder his extension and didn't even have a press conference and it was held right. up as like this guy is doing it the right way and not five years later <laughs> he was like the kid the kingpin of doing it the wrong way completely well and he completely was com his turn if anything and and i mostly do this when i'm defending lebron it's not necessarily intentionally to slight durant but you could argue there's some things like the trade request that may have launched the writing of this piece so that Durant is doing these things in the middle of contracts when like I would argue LeBron waited until the end of all of his contracts for all, all of his craziness right and and like there's almost some things where like 
whether or not you think sticking with one team is the right idea, like you signed for four years, maybe you should have signed for less or, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all of that is to say that you launched down this thing, like thinking he may be suited for individual sports or maybe he should have been, or, you know, maybe you should just taken up the hurdles or, or whatever, right? Um, after doing all of the work that went into writing this, I'm going to stress that part. Like there are lots of different pieces cited and referenced in writing this. Uh, and that is not easy to do. Do you think that that the, that's the conclusion? Is there something else as far? I mean, you get into other parts of mental makeup yeah. besides that. So we're not giving the piece away, but should he have done tennis or something? I See, I would always stop short of saying like, should he have done X, Y, or Z? now there's this, so I like, I do career counseling. There's a big thing in career counseling and I didn't actually include this in this piece. And like, I think back and I'm like, maybe I could have tried to work it in, but, but maybe it would have taken a lot, a lot more <laughs> effort, but there's a thing called personality and environment fit that in the theoretical world, if when we're trying to find a career that uh, we can fully manifest our interests and everything, we're looking for that personality and environment fit. and I kind of feel like on the Kevin Durant side, like the personality fit is at the very least incongruent, not necessarily wrong, but I I just don't see this match of a guy that his personality fits with a team sport again. And, and I addressed this like at the very beginning of the piece is I don't want to call him an individual because it carries such a negative connotation. And I, in exploring this, I don't see it as a negative per se, but yeah, I do wonder like if he went and did another sport might, you know, an individual sport would that manifest and would that create more happiness for him? But at the same time, like when you're really, really good at something and you have a spiritual connection, like he talks about with, basketball it's it's hard to say like you did the wrong thing but it is um i don't know man it's just it's very it's interesting too though because basketball is heading in a direction where it almost feels like especially in the nba um, i i think wnba is actually a little different but where there's like there's you know lead guys that are individuals there's like three and d or rim runner like role guys mm-hmm. and then there's like guys are there for the vibes like like every team has to have a couple of the lead guys and they kind of have to mesh right mm-hmm. but in a po especially with the way that isolation has been taken over the game outside of the warriors and maybe the warriors did you know they've won a bunch so maybe that the way the game goes but there's a lot of isolation play where like luca's gonna kind of be and a lot of you know instances feel like he's playing an individual game with like chess pieces around him. Harden, yes. a Rockets guy, did that for a long time. Um, you could look at LeBron know, does that. LeBron does that. Um, he's famous for doing that. You, uh, yeah. you know, Tatum got discredited because he didn't have the greatest finals, right? Because he mm-hmm. couldn't do that in the same way. Whereas, like maybe they should have done Jalen Brown more or whatever, right? Um, Kawhi Leonard on his title run, I think you know got a lot of credit for doing that. All that is to say that there's aspects of basketball that feel fairly individualistic. It's not quite baseball, where baseball is a team sport, but every player it, is playing one on nine. Yeah, point, right? exactly. And so it's not mm-hmm. quite there, 
but there are individual aspects of this game that he clicks yes. with, right? And and I think like even with that, like what you're talking about with like the stars are kind of individuals. Yeah, because they have a outsized uh, influence on the game. You know, when it's when you're one of five and you're as good as somebody like Kevin Durant is, you're not 20% of your team on the court. You're really functioning like 35, 40% of like with right. all the things that you can do. So yeah, I, I do think, that even with that, it's I I can do all these things, and it can get you to a certain point, you know. But w- to get to the ultimate points that I then I I mean you can listen to Kevin Durant like he wants to win championships again. It's not like he's out there just for his individual spiritual connection to the game, you know, or right. individual accolades. Like he wants to win, but. It's like, okay, so I got to rely on these other people, but I want to do this. And then also, like, when it comes to the broader scope of the game, media hit the front office, which is the impetus of this predicament that he's in right now with the Nets, is I got to rely on all these other people still to make this thing that I enjoy so much truly enjoyable. And if he was in an individual sport, I mean, he's not worrying about management. Management does not exist. (laughs) <laughs> in right. an individual sport you know management is him and his agent and he's probably going to be his own agent exactly i mean that's right. what he's functioning with the boardroom i mean how tight he is with rich Kleiman. like they they are at this point for the last six seven years have very much seemed symbiotic so he right. found that person in that that area that fits with his vision but it seems like i'm trying to find those teammates and the management that fits with what I'm looking for, but I'm just like, in th- it's too complicated to find that. And I see, that's where like, the, I see the tension of is him. It's always a challenge for him to understand. Not, I wouldn't say understand, but like work within that tension. And that seems to be the thing that's always causing him the unhappiness and the restlessness to be like, okay, I, I got to get out of this situation. Let's try and go somewhere else. But I think when you're looking for things in that way, you're never going to find that thing that's perfect for you. It's not, it's not possible. Ryan, I don't want you to give away necessarily the conclusions you make because people want to go read this. It, it took a lot of time and effort and people need to go reward that by reading it on bellysports.com. But do you feel like after writing it every, I mean, you, you get to at various points where you get to more questions and look for more answers. Do you feel like there's more questions to be asked or more questions to search? Is there more players that you could do this kind of a thing with or that would be worthwhile to do this kind of a dive with? Or do you feel like you kind of tied it up? Uh, no, I will. I mean, the number one thing is I'd like to be a uh, real journalist and talk to Kevin. Like that would be, that would be the thing. And, and not even to be like, all right, Kevin, you need to answer all these questions. But I would like to pick his brain. I would like to have him, you know, come back to, like, okay, you see it as this, this is how I see it. You know, that like, that would be, be really interesting to me. If I was looking at like other players. Yeah. I would, I would be interested to do a dive on this with Kobe. Like he was like one of the first person or players that I thought about with this. It's like, man, I kind of see Durant, like Kobe in, in some of the same vein and the uh, Kobe always tasting excellence at, at his personal craft but also wanting to win you know and and how do I fit within that when is it time for me to take over 
And when is it? I mean, really, like we were talking about with with the NBA, it's like very, very interesting because these superstars have outsized uh, influence on that. And so where is that that give and take and how do they each search for that happy medium to both to find that with their team, but also find, I guess what I'm looking for more is that inner peace, that inner happiness with with the whole process and and everything that they're going on with it. I mean, football, the, I mean, the other sport that I probably mainly follow, you you can you can get into it, but I think basically every football player just knows that they only have so much effect on the game because there's so many moving parts and they have the side of the ball. And I, so and I think in, in football, a casual fan, and I don't mean to be, oh, casuals, but like says, oh, the quarterback, because of how much influence I have in the offense. But like, mm-hmm. that's not even quite 50% of the snaps, right? Like, like in, a, in an even yeah. football game, like mm-hmm. even if they have complete control of the offense, they got to play defense, they got to kick off, they got like those kinds of things. Yep. And so while it's easy to say, oh, the quarterback does this, they, they don't. Like Kevin Durant's usage rate, you know, I pull up this stats right here, his usage rate is typically fairly high more than a quarter that means like the, high 30s pro- or low 30s probably right even on his time with the warriors which he had like other all-time greats on his team right and that means for people that don't understand the statistics side of this yeah his career average is looked up as 30.2 um anyway that means that 30.2 possessions he's the last person on the team to touch the ball he either shoots it shoots free throws or commits the turnover right like that is absurd that means a third of the game, roughly, he's that guy. The ball is ending. And that's only offensively. So we can flip that over to the defensive side right. and whichever possessions he's the ending defender on in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, his help side defense is a seven-footer and how unique that was. I I digress. He is tremendously impactful. Um, mm-hmm. And still, he's tremendously impactful and tremendously successful. And still, the thing that you and I text about all the time appears to be unhappy like yeah like at its very base and one of the things that one of the many things you touch on here like he's unhappy and it's like man if if that dude's unhappy do any of us have a chance <laughs> like <laughs> I, w- I would i would argue yes i would argue because again it, it's it's all relative um it is like we're all we all have different goals you know so and we're all chasing different things we all uh, reached a certain sense of personal enlightenment, uh, personal understanding of who we are and how we fit into what we're doing at different times. So, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't want this to be like all doom and gloom that like, man, us normal people out here, you know, if, if this, uh, this, this God, this master of his craft can't even be happy, uh, yeah. what, you, you know, right what, now, what is- could we be? There is nothing in my life I am close to as good at as Kevin Durant is at basketball. Not even, exactly. I mean, not even, like we were talking earlier between maybe a tier between the top tier and the one right below. And if I was in this, I'd be like the tier like a hundred below. So, you know, or something like that. So, so yeah, no, exactly. But, but that's why it is interesting to me because how I look at it is it's not about the accolades person like what what i'm looking for is is something more intrinsic to all of us is it's going back to like that personality and environment fit in in the things that we do in the lives that we live and how do we best understand who we are as individuals to then fit into this 
broader context, how do we come to peace with certain things that we can control and certain things that we can't control? And, you know, where do we just kind of let go on some of those things? And where do we have to fight for those things that we can't control to kind of bend them a little bit to our will? And I think that is always a, like for professional athletes, we see that on display because it is such a prof- or a, a public thing. You know, we see that right. on display. So it, it is something that we can uh, very much observe, watch. But I always think we have to be cautious, cautious to not overanalyze it, to not armchair uh, psychologist everything. Because like I said, I, without, without me being able to talk to Kevin, I can only do but so much. I'm really, I mean, I'm looking at second, third hand resources to, to try and get to this. And I'm not even talking to like people that are even close to him to, to maybe see what they, they might say. And so it's always as us at this level, like I under, I empathize with Kevin on that. Like, stop trying to like judge me and put your values of this onto me because you're not me and you're not, you know, you're not even in my crucible and you don't even ever talk to me. So how could you even, you, how could you even try and attempt to do that? So I do want it to be known that like, I'm trying to be very caught, conscious of that throughout this because it's it's not fair for us to just make make grand sweeping judgments of people like this because we wouldn't want that done to ourselves you know completely and i try often to remember that like in the grand scheme of sports i'm more akin to the athlete not because i played sports but because they have bosses they have employers they want to be good at what they do for a living and those kinds of things and that's more like the plain jane average person i think we realize they just pick something really fun to do that's on a national platform, mm. international platform in the case of basketball, and they're much better at it than I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, and and, and I, I guess I guess I'm going to end with saying people need to go read this for more. It's a really interesting, in-depth look at Durant, what's going on between his ears, uh, you know, searching for happiness kind of broadly, but with a guy that we've gotten to watch. You know, I guess you could go back to he probably had a couple of his games at Oak Hill televised when he was in high school, but certainly when he stepped onto college campuses at like UT Austin in 2006, uh, which was 16 years ago, we've been watching it front and center for 16 years now. He's he's 33. That's half his life, right? Yeah. Um, That has seen we've seen in front of us, if not more. Um, Ryan, a I'm assuming you're going to tweet this out at least a couple times from Twitter account. Mm -hmm. You may even get some back and forth with the rant from it. So where can people find you and the things you're doing at? Uh, you can go check out my Twitter is the thoughts of R2, thoughts of R squared. If uh, you want to get, uh, I get, I don't even know how they would say it, like with an, when an artist has their special spelling, but that's how it, that's how it should be said. Uh, so yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be tweeted out there uh, a couple times. And yeah, I mean, I'm open to other people's thoughts and ideas on the, on the piece on Kevin uh in general i think it's again like i think he's probably to me the most fascinating public athlete that we have right now and so yeah i'm i'm always happy to have uh discussions i feel like a lot of times i butt i butt heads with people because they see me as a kevin durant apologist on on some of this stuff and and maybe i am a little bit but i just i i got a lot of empathy for the guy and but when it comes down to it, I just, I hope he finds whatever, whatever he's looking for. I hope that, that he can find it uh, soon or in, in the future at some point, you know, 
I, and we all are. Uh, again, thanks for writing it. Thanks for doing the work that went into writing it. it looked like it took a lot of work. Um, and I, again, like I think it's just an interesting story to follow. Um, and so I guess next you'll do his teammate Kyrie Irving, or <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I'm gonna I gotta go back and watch uh, some of it. I, well, I gotta get. I think his Instagram's private. So I gotta get. Uh, I gotta get into that. <laughs> yeah, that 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 would also be an, that would be an interesting dive for sure. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're a listener to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out the beard struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, the beard struggle's got all the products that you need. The beard struggle, feast your face. Friends, do you feel like you got a little bit better insight as to what's going on between Kevin Durant's ears? <laughs> anyway, if you want to look for the article, please go follow at Thoughts of R2. That's where you can find Ryan on Twitter. The article will be up on bellyupsports.com as well as linked in the show notes in the description of this show. If you're looking for the show on social media, you can find us on Instagram at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter at FN Sports 2. That's F I N S B O R T S number two. All one word on Twitter. On both of those social media handles, you're going to link tree in the bio that'll take you to all of our sponsors. That includes InTheClutch.com, Yeti, The Beard Struggle, etc. You can find all of our different links there. You can also get to a link to our merch store where you can buy all kinds of t-shirts, tanks, hoodies, mugs, caps, etc. And all of them have a donation to various charitable causes. Make sure you go support the show and support the people that need some help too. If you're looking for me and my personal stuff on Twitter and Instagram, I'll be sharing all the things that I'm working on, writing, reading, etc. on Twitter. You can find that at Painsworth512. That's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be sharing things that I write, things that I'm recording, things that I'm losing on sneakers, things about the Texas Longhorns, TVs and Rockets, etc. Make sure you go follow me there. If you want to support the show for free, you can do so by hitting download, subscribe, rating us five stars, giving us a nice review, and doing all the wonderful things to help out the podcast and whatever you do when it comes to sports. Don't flunk with us. Later, guys.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply.